inspiring stories of recovery, practical tips for wellness, developing a culture of care. Welcome to Blue and Beyond, your official Air Force Wounded Warrior Program podcast. Good morning, everybody. My name is Armando Franco, and I am with the Air Force Wounded Warrior Wellness Team. The wellness team is relatively new in design. Candace Escovito and myself comprise of that element. And today we're going to do a podcast on how to journal. And I have two outstanding warriors with me. I have Rowan and I have Melissa. And I'd like the two of you just to briefly introduce yourself and describe a little bit about your history and background since you've been enrolled in AFW2. Melissa, will you go first, please? Sure. Thank you for having me. I actually started in the program in 2018. I was diagnosed with lupus and a couple other autoimmune diseases, and I went through an MEB, and I got medically retired from the Air Force, but I actually could have retired anyway. So I retired at 21 years and eight months, and I've been to several um, care events and just having a fabulous time, you know, meeting everybody, building in relationships and I went to trials last year and then the warrior games and it was like the best time in my life. I've been journaling for quite some time. When I was little, well, probably in seventh grade, I probably started really journaling. My dad used to take me around to like swap meets and garage sales. And so I would get like books and these big ledgers. So I just filled them with pictures and wrote about life as a, as a 13, 14 year old. <laughs> but then since going into the Air Force, I kind of stopped journaling a little bit. But then since joining your guys, program, I kind of started it back up again. Amazing. Thank you so much, Melissa. Rowan? Hey, everybody. This is Rowan Leach. I'm a tech sergeant with the Pennsylvania Air National Guard and went into the program in 2018. Actually, Melissa and I were, were that was our first event at uh, Offutt Air Force Base. Seems so long ago now, but writing has always been a uh, talent, I guess you could say, of mine, and I've always enjoyed writing, but journaling has been something on and off throughout my career. AFW2 was something that came out of the blue for me that I wasn't expecting to be such a benefit in my recovery. And once I found out that writing to recovery was something and, and a lot of other healing arts were part of something that I needed to take advantage of, I jumped on the opportunity to get back into it. When I was younger, kind of like Melissa, I always thought I was going to be a songwriter. So I would always write down lyrics and try to come up with songs and sing. My dad used to sing. So I would always want to write down. And then I would capture, you know, emotional things too. And I'm a struggling 16-year-old teenager major trying to make sense of the world and who I am. Again, in the Air Force, you know, I think we join and Air Force kind of takes over our life a little bit. And then here I am 20 years later as well. And finishing up my career going through an MEB and uh, journaling is right back in the, the forefront more than it ever has been before as a recovery tool. It's become a really, really good resource for me as far as documentation is concerned because I can write about events or I can write about things going through my MEB that have been really helpful. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long 20 years, but I wouldn't change a thing. And if journaling is a part of that now, okay, I'm fine with that. Awesome. I just want to add to everybody out there that these two ladies are actually huge contributors to the actual journaling journey that Right to Recovery has gone on. When I first met them both, it was during a late evening journaling class, and they brought forth not only ideas and contributions on what to do next, but they also donated a lot of their personal supplies to make the, the sessions even bigger. We now have a resiliency track, and it would not be a resiliency track without these two ladies. So thank you both so much for that. 
And moving forward, you know, we're in a pretty challenging time right now. You know, the climate, the different types of words that are being used out there, they've asked us to socially distance ourselves from people. In reality, I feel like they meant physically distancing ourselves. A lot of people, unfortunately, took that social distancing really to heart. They just shut down. That's unfortunate. And that's why our communications team, our outreach team, our marketing team has really stepped up the momentum to connect with people. Unfortunately, losing connectness with other warriors out there really paints a doom and gloom picture for them. How has the AFW2 community helped your recovery and then touch specifically on how your journaling has played a part of your recovery? And talk a little bit about the connectness that you've been using, not only with one another, but also your, or your friends out there. Okay, sure. Dealing with the coronavirus stuff that we're dealing with, AFW2 has always provided the one constant that has been fantastic for me has been connectedness. I always felt like I have been looked after. People were looking out for me. People wanted to check in on me. And that's throughout the entire process. So yeah, since coronavirus has started up and people are a little bit locked away inside and out, I have definitely appreciated some of the additional programs that AFW2 has rolled out to attempt to keep the connectedness. One of the biggest things that I've had to realize for myself, because normally I don't mind being isolated from people. I don't mind being away from people, but it's usually my choice. This is not my choice. You know, I was self-isolating, social isolating, as well as social distancing. And it was really taking a toll on me as far as feeling alone and feeling isolated. And, you know, because it's just me and my dog in my, my house. So I don't have the other family members to lean on either. So it felt very, very lonely. And then every once in a while, I'd get a text from one of my team leads from an AFW2 care event or a message on Facebook for an upcoming journaling class or healing arts demo. And I was like, wow, this is stuff I haven't seen before. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But I realized that I needed to make a change at the beginning of this kind of social distancing impact Journaling was really hard for me, actually, because I had so much time to journal that I almost didn't know what to write because I'd go through my day and I wasn't challenged. I wasn't motivated. And so that included journaling. So it was really, really difficult for me to want to put anything on paper because I was just so miserable. But there would be events or there would be quotes that I would hear throughout the day or see on Facebook. And those little pieces of light would be things that I would jot down. I wouldn't be writing as much as I normally would, but those little things kept me going. And one of the things that really hit me that got me kind of out of that initial funk with the social isolation was a quote that I saw a few weeks ago that said, during a time of crisis, if you have a skill that you can contribute, you have a responsibility to use it. And that in immediately got me in the mindset. And that was right when we're talking about masks for the whole country and, and people should wear masks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can sew. Having that sense of purpose again and having the ability to contribute, it's been so fulfilling. And I've been finding I'm writing more because I have more positive things to write about. And I don't know if you guys have the same challenge when things are bad versus good as far as how easy it is to write and get things out. Sometimes if I'm super, super angry, I just got to get it on the paper and, and let it go. But AFW2 has been helpful in providing those little nuggets of positivity, whether it's personal or a post, but it's definitely been a welcome site and it's helped me in getting me through this coronavirus social distancing and not social isolating in the process. I really like that piece in there, Roanne, where you talk about it's always been your choice not to socialize. And now 
choice has been taken away from you. I feel a lot of people are going to resonate with that. I'm going to I'm going to be giving so many hugs when this is all over. Like I am so hug deprived right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> I wonder what the reaction of a lot of people are going to be on that. <laughs> I'll be wearing a mask and gloves. There you go. A chemical suit. <laughs> well, how about you, Melissa? How has journaling helped you through this challenging time? I think this time of social distancing for me was more like actual like physical distancing. For me, it helped me actually. I was just talking to my son who's 11 and we were in the car picking up some groceries and just had a talk. You know, I said, well, how do you think, you know, how do you feel this has kind of benefited our family or not? And he said, you know, mom, I think this time is to really get to know yourself. And I was like, you know, that is totally true. So I've used this time personally to reflect, redo my goals. And also, you know, I'm journaling about every day. Like this is what I did every day because I can look back, you know, on Friday and be like, oh my goodness, I just wasted this whole week. But then I can look back on my journal and say, no, look, I baked this stuff. I cooked this stuff. I did the kids school. This is what we did. It helps me really have confidence in myself that I'm not wasting this time because my thing is I don't want to waste this time. It's cherished time for me also to be with my kids and just to get to know them better. Even Belle, my dog, she is so used to going out every day, blah, 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 doing this, this, this. And I mean, this sounds kind of silly, but we've actually become a whole lot closer just spending the time, you know, like playing. And even I actually am catching up on my scrapbooking, which is kind of another, you know, journaling format to me. And we even had like a scrapbooking day where not the kids, you know, did scrapbooking, but that we all sat down. We actually looked over my old scrapbooks that I've made. And it was so much fun because the kids are like, oh, mom, look, oh, look, you wrote about this. Mom, why did you write about this? Why did you say this in this page? It was really neat to just kind of talk about that and kind of not relive, but just have good memories. And well, yeah, like relive the moments that were really, really good. And some that were not really, really good and kind of talk about those and, and why they weren't good. But it's really helped me feel also connected in a way because I I like Facebook. I like the electronic stuff kind of, but I kind of been a little bit away from it. And that has been really good too. So, but when I go on Facebook and go on the AFW2 pages, it actually, I felt really connected and I saw everybody on there and it was really fun to see like all their comments. And yeah, I really, I really enjoy what AFW2 is doing, you know, in the past too, but now, especially being really connected through, through Facebook. You struck so many nerves when you said that, thinking about what Roanne said about the skill and the social responsibility you have exercise that. I'm thinking about what you're talking about too, Melissa, about just spending quality time with the family and doing things that you normally wouldn't do. And I'm going to put this out there, guys. I've been watching Little House in the Prairie with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, the things that they used to do back then as a family I'm telling you, I, I am like just so humbled. And the conversations my wife and I have about things like that, I come back into my office where all the technology is and I start journaling about some of the good old things that I've missed in my life. And I, and I love the fact that this is actually called to us to look back at some of the things, those inner world where you used to find joy and happiness and journal about those things. I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, hey, three weeks into the first time ever having a Facebook page, and it goes back to that social responsibility that uh, Roanne talked about. Yeah. How do I how do I talk to Melissa and Roanne and Dan and other people out there that 
contributed so much to this program and, and so many people out there. These are amazing platforms that we need to continue to push out there. I really love that input. I have another question for you guys. Journaling can help you make sense of the world, what's going on in it, and it's hugely increased your self-awareness. Has that been the case for the two of you? And I think both of you kind of hinted a little bit about that. It wasn't until I started with AFW2 that I knew that I had something to be aware of (laughs) in general. The people there are just like, you know, you're having a moment, own it. And then capturing that, I wasn't sure how to use that information at first. And so journaling, when I got back into journaling with AFW2, my counselor was just like, write down how you feel, because I'm very good about writing down things, but I'm not very good about writing down how I felt about those things. And so I really got to dive into that, especially some of the other warriors. I think I got closer with other warriors, learning about how to share those feelings, either with other warriors or on paper. And that helped me a lot as far as my awareness, because I wasn't afraid to put down how I felt on the paper. And I think that helped start the confidence for me to be okay with how I felt. And that the feeling is not necessarily fact. And learning to differentiate the two, I think putting things down on paper helped me differentiate between the two. Because the body has physiological responses, at least with PTSD, even though they might be irrational, your body's still going to have a reaction or you might still have an emotion, you know, when you go to the grocery store or when you go to social places or, or things like that. But at the same time, writing has helped me become more aware of, all right, I am feeling this, but is that actually what's happening? And in conjunction with my counselors and stuff, we've been able to really use my journaling to help me identify and be more aware of which is which so that I can go into a situation or go into a scenario with more confidence. Put it very plainly, there are all the therapeutic aspects of journaling. And that's exactly what it's used to design is to be able to recall those memories at the here and now, this moment right now, and then look around physiologically and psychologically is what triggered those, what brought those emotions to surface. That's a great interpretation of that. Let me ask you the same question, Melissa. Has journaling assisted you in your self-awareness? Oh, yes. Ten ten times. (laughs) Tenfold. A lot of people just think, oh, you're all smiles and giggles and ha ha ha. And I think journaling, I can get down to the nitty gritty. I can get down to what upsets me. And it's not all happy. Most of it is, you know, 99% of it is. But it made me really aware of that if you take those feelings and you write about them and you, you examine them, then you know where they come from. Then maybe some behaviors, it's in with my control to change and I know for one example is that I get really sad and kind of depressed when I have really bad lupus days because I have to like be on the couch and I can't really do anything and I'm just really sick and I can't really play with my boys or do anything. But the one thing that I can do is journal and that has saved me from so many more lingering feelings of sadness because then I can actually do something. I can journal, I can put down my feelings and then to look back at that. And on a good day and be like, wow, you know, that was a really tough day. You know, how did I deal with that? And it has really helped me dealing with the lupus and just all of its craziness. And yeah, it's self-awareness is really important. We talk about that in the, in the class a lot in the right to recovery classes. We give them the exercises and they do that five or 10 minute exercise is what are you feeling right now? 
and a lot of them will respond, I, I, I'm not in pain. I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. And that's one of the healing qualities that journaling has is no matter what's going on around you, you start thinking about those things. You're only using one side of the brain, one hemisphere of the brain. But when you start journaling them, you're actually using both sides of the brain and you're processing it and you're crystallizing those thoughts, emotions, and feelings on a piece of paper. Then something else happens. It's like, okay, what was I thinking about? But you go back to your journal. Oh, there it was. And I love what you just said, Melissa, about when you have your lupus days and all of a sudden you're journaling about them, but you may have figured out a way to overcome some of that anxiety or some of that sadness. And that's the whole thing about journaling. Who am I, the inner world? And that's exactly what we're talking about right now is discovering who you are and looking inside for all this strength and courage and wisdom and resiliency. Journaling is a solo, solo activity. And pretty much with the physical distancing right now, it increases our time. What are some other activities that you feel? And I know you, you talked about the, uh, the sewing, Ryan. I thought that was awesome. What are some other activities that you feel that uh, you could communicate out there that, that besides journaling, what they can do to really keep themselves occupied, but maybe show somebody else what to do out there? And we'll lead with you this time uh, first, Melissa. I think that people really have to maybe look at what they like to do. I think with electronics and appointments and classes and you're so busy every day and people don't really get a chance to slow down and be like, okay, I really like baking. I really like to sew or I really like to do these certain things. When you take those certain things and then apply them, if you like cooking, you could maybe if you have an elderly neighbor, make them dinner and maybe put it in a bag and leave it on their doorstep and leave it with a little note that here, I, I cooked you some. Or, you know, I think the key is when you help someone else, you actually help yourself more when you help someone else too. I think, like I said, when we're so used to doing electronics and being busy, we don't actually get to know ourselves or even know how to help other people. So this time I think is absolutely spectacular to get to know yourself and then what talents you have, get to get those hashed out and then how you can help other people. You know, that, that sense of giving without receiving, that term altruism, it, it is such a huge piece of ourselves about personal growth. Just give something to somebody and don't expect anything back. I think we often forget that trait that we have. Going back to the little house in the prairie, that reminds me so much of it. I saw the first senior citizen home being built because one of the characters went to visit his old friend and he passed away. And I was just like so stunned by that. You know, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to knock on my neighbor's door Take a few steps back and just say, hey, good morning, friend. The the selflessness of it. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I have a wonderful neighborhood. And one of the things I believe that doing things for others has helped me a lot. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing these masks, because it makes me feel good. But at the same time, there's a family around the corner for me that knows I'm alone here. And they have six kids of all ages. And they they love Bubba. And, and they call me Auntie Roe. And they provide me so much, so much joy whenever I'm able to spend time with them. And at every AFW2 event, Colonel Flatten talks about trying something new. And that's one of the things that I've kind of encouraged a lot of people to do 
during this time when they're stuck with themselves or stuck with their family. And I taught poor painting to their kids. And we all we all went down to the basement, social distancing etiquette enforced, and we did a poor painting together. I took my kites over there and we flew a kite because it was a very windy day in Pennsylvania, which is rare. We got together and just spending that quality time with people was huge for me. In the journaling aspect, though, you make connections with people at the care events. And whether whether you're in the forefront or the background, you never know the impact that you're going to have on somebody else. And I never thought that my love of journaling would impact other warriors. And I think one of the most fulfilling things for me during the COVID-19 kind of lockdown and even prior to that is that warriors have been reaching out to me like, hey, what are you journaling about? I don't know how to feel about this. How do you suggest I write about it? Or, hey, I made a new journal today and they send a picture to me. And it makes me feel so good that they choose me, <laughs> number one, to share that with, but that they're continuing something that maybe you and the rest of the healing arts team and care team put together to give them an option. So it makes me feel good as a mentor, as an AFW2 mentor, to be able to, to use journaling as a good tool for people. But it's been very fulfilling to be able to have people come back, whether they have questions about, hey, do you recommend a journal for this and that? And I actually have two journals with me really quickly. My oldest sister sent me a journal for my birthday, which was December 31st. So I've had it. It's by Jenny Lawson and it's called You Are Here. And it's called An Owner's Manual for Dangerous Minds. And it's, it's so amazing, the, some of the stuff that she has here, because there's pictures. It's not just about writing. She's like, you can write something down and then you can burn the pages. Like she has really wonderful ways of prompting. And then she has quotes like, you are here. There is a safe place inside you. Go there. Be still. Be calm. Take comfort. And then at the end, she says, have some enchiladas. I would have never thought about looking for something like that on my own. So it's kind of funny how journaling opens up. And then a second one that I got is really interesting. And I usually encourage, especially for people that don't know how to look at a blank piece of paper and start. It's called a one question a day. It's a life journal. So it's a daily journal for recording your life story. And it's one question for 365 days. Very, very small. Like who is your professional role model and why? What do you wish you had done earlier? What kind of technology do you wish existed or didn't exist when you were younger? Explain why. So it takes some different things about who you are, and then basically it puts your life in a 365-day snapshot. I know that's kind of a, in a, an extension of your question there, Armando, but it's been a, a great thing to have people writing. doesn't seem like something you can do for somebody else, but it does so much because it heals us in a lot of ways and gets things out on paper so that we can help other people maybe with without carrying resentment, without carrying anger, because we get those things out on the paper too. So you never know where it's going to take you. <laughs> I think this is perfect. And the two of you have been around long enough and you always represent when there's a class, no matter how many times the two of you have received instructions on journaling, the two of you are always there. And you pretty much become legendary in, in the community. And the community looks at you and you say, well, Armando's being paid to teach this. Does he really journal? How does he feel about it? But when you, when the two of you talk about it, you talk about it with a different passion and compassion and the healing effects. And you talk about your illnesses, your injuries, your deployments and things like that. And they look at you with a whole different sense as they would look at somebody facilitating it. So I think that's why people continue to reach out to you. But the two of you just talked about is an excellent segue into the next question is, what would be your advice to somebody 
who's never journaled before. You're on it right there, Rowan, when you were talking about the different books, because I'll tell you something, free writing, what a lot of the therapists ask people to do is the most difficult because you're looking at a blank piece of paper and they, the prompts, the emojis, the questions asked, that's the easier way to, to get into it. You're on a roll right there, Rowan. Let me ask you that question. What advice would you give to somebody who's never picked up a pen and looked at a notebook? I think the easiest thing is not to get so deep into it right away. Kind of like what Melissa was talking about earlier. Just start with what you did today. And if that's all you write about for the first three, four, five, ten weeks, that's absolutely fine. But capture that day. That's simple. That's objective. You don't have to put any emotion into it because I think that's what gets people like, what am I supposed to pour my heart out on the on the paper? Like, what am I? What do you mean? How do I feel about this? I don't even know how I feel about it. How can I write about it? You know. But getting them used to putting pen to paper, I think, is the first challenge. It's about getting into that habit of writing something down, even if I'm angry or upset or sad or super happy. It's a baseline that you can start from. So I would recommend for new folks to start simply with who did you have interactions with? What time did you get up? What did you have for breakfast? Simple stuff. And then you can be as detailed as you want. And then you can get into the micro details. How did it taste? Was the sun shining outside today? Did you hear anything? You know, um, and there are different journals that can prompt you for that type of stuff too. And then you can start getting into, well, how did it taste? And then how did it make you feel? for example, for your breakfast. And then you can start adding things. And I think it's a good building block or go online and find journal prompts. And I think that helps people. um, And I know a lot of counselors and therapists out there have journaling prompts that can help you in regards to your specific treatment. If you're going through something uh, like that, I mean, I've given my journal to my therapist and it was one of the things that I was scared to do, but I'm so glad I did because it made her aware of things that I wasn't willing to talk about to her face to face, but it had a huge impact on my therapy because we were able to go places we hadn't gone before. We got over that hurdle of acknowledging it. But for new people, I would definitely recommend start simple, start brief, learn about putting the pen to paper and then start adding descriptive, starting, start adding details. And then when you get confident enough, you can start adding feelings and don't feel bad if you skip a day or you skip two days. I had a time after the holidays where I didn't journal for uh, three or four weeks. I was just like, nope, not interested. I'm tired. And we could give ourselves a million excuses, but that's okay. But I know that when it is time to write again, I'm probably going to be writing a lot because I haven't written in a while. So, so yeah, I would start, start simple and build from there. And you know, that's such great advice for Wan because I'm a big advocate about the number one rule in journaling is there are no rules. And what you just explained to a newcomer, wow, I thought I had to do this every single day. I thought this, no, this is, you set the playing field on this one. You decide. And if, if you sit there and doodle for five minutes and you don't even put a word, it, I mean, that's okay too. Exactly. Spending that time. Because I think exactly. journaling is a mindfulness exercise. It is. It really is. So even if you can take two minutes to sit down with a journal and do nothing but doodling, you're taking that two minutes away from whatever other chaos might be in your life to try to focus. So I think on any front, there's no wrong way to do it. Absolutely. I agree with you. That's some great advice. How about you, Melissa? What would be some advice that you would give a person, a a first timer? Well, what I like to do, if I'm trying to get like a friend or someone into journaling, I would suggest getting a notebook or just something that's kind of special to you and 
recommend maybe a cool pen or just a pen that you really like because then you're kind of most like oh hey I'm gonna write with my cool pen at least that's how I think <laughs> and then have compassion for yourself like you guys said there's no right to do it and one of the fun things that I have done in the past is that I had a relative or friend uh, like the friend that I was trying to get into journaling I actually did it with her for the first two weeks and we got on email and I said, Hey, here's five questions, you know, answer those in your journal. And then she emailed me back five questions. And then we shared our answers a little bit easier for her to kind of get going, just maybe setting a certain time, set time for yourself to do it. Yeah. Like every day. Also like what we're on said, you know, don't be upset at yourself if you can't do it. If I can't think of anything to write about, then I think about the senses. What did I see today? Did I touch anything real interesting or beautiful? Did I hear anything beautiful? Did I taste anything awesome? You know, what was a really good smell I smelled? I think those are great prompts. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, I think something that we always talk about amongst ourselves and during the class, we always talk about using color pens. Every color has a descriptiveness attached to the, the color, you know, an emotion attached to it. We talk about the journal to fit your personality. Make that a venture. Make that a search. Find something that you like, whether it's uh, whether it's hua, whether it's calming, whether it's soul searching, just find something that represents you. Use emojis. I think emojis are a quick way to express how you feel and maybe come back as a quick reference and maybe come back later and visit. And uh, I think that journal journey that the person takes with somebody like a mentor, like the two of you is so, so important. How do I get started? What do I do? I think these are those coaching questions that leads to this podcast. This is why we're doing this, to make that connectness and keep people socially engaged out there because there's a lot of prompts there. There's a lot of ideas there. And I would ask the two of you, if you have those ideas, uh, to post them on there and to share those out there with a lot of uh, beginners or just send me an email or a text and say, hey, Armando, what do you think about this? I have volumes of stuff, but this is stuff that Armando learned. I'll be, uh, I'll be touching in on uh, the two of you for more advice. Hey, folks, this has been great. I mean, for me, I always learn so much from, from you, Melissa, and you, Rowan. I just love talking to you guys personally. And, you know, I feel so good that we're able to use a platform like this. And they even tapped into dinosaurs like Armando to move forward, you know. And, yeah, I just want to thank the two of you so much for this opportunity to, to share some ideas some thoughts with our community out there. And I feel that this is going to be one of many opportunities that we get to go out there. Start your journal journey. Again, thank you, the two of you, so much. Stay safe and many blessings for the two of you. This has been an episode of Blue and Beyond, your official Air Force Wounded Warrior Program podcast. Connect with us on social media to keep up with all things AFW2 and be on the lookout for the next Blue and Beyond podcast.